And uh, just three verses, if we could stand to honor God's word, um, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 3. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Amen. Brother Buddy, would you ask the Lord's blessing today? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I just want to talk to you today about dry bones. Dry bones. Um, you guys probably have heard about this chapter in the Bible, um, the Valley of Dry Bones. Um, so <clears throat> this is not a message I was planning on preaching today or teaching or speaking at all today about. But... Um, so there are typically, now I found this, uh, I found various different things, different numbers, but they say when you're a baby, you have anywhere from 270 to maybe 300 bones in your body. It's a lot of bones. And uh, these bones, they fuse to become anywhere between 206 to 213 bones in a human adult. So that's about how many bones we have in our body according to various things that I read. Um, the reason for the variability in the number of bones is because some humans may have varying number of ribs, vertebrae, digits, and so on. So what are the purpose of the bones? Anybody here not have any bones? We all have bones, right? So the, the skeleton serves a variety of functions. Uh, the bones of the skeleton provide structural support for the rest of the body. Um, the bones permit movement and provide levers for the muscles. They protect vital internal organs and structures. Uh, they provide maintenance and mineral homeostasis and acid-base balance. They serve as a reservoir of growth factors and cytokines and provide the environment for hemato I don't even know what that word is, hematopoiesis, something like that, within the marrow spaces. Who knows how to say it? Cindy, you know how to say it? I heard something. I heard something come out of your mouth. Um, all right. So, um, so from what I have read, um, that the bones, they decay at a different rate depending on the environment that they're in. Um, the bones typically um, decay at a slower rate than the other organs of our body. So when we die, in a number of years from now, the skin, the hair, the eyeballs, all that stuff might be gone, but there might be some bones left. 
Yeah, everything's decaying. Everything and bones are typically the slowest thing, one of the slowest things. They say teeth even take longer to decay than bones, and teeth are not considered bones, which I thought was interesting. So bones are essential. We cannot live without them. We have to have those bones. What we read here in Ezekiel 37, he says in verse 1 that the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he was carried out in the Spirit. Has anybody ever experienced something like this? Where you felt like you had an outer body experience, like the Spirit of the Lord carried you somewhere. And so Ezekiel was carried out in the Spirit, and he was set in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. It was full of bones. There was a lot of bones. Now, this, Christy, were you able to find that picture? Look at this picture. This is a little uh, graphic that somebody, see that? That's a lot of bones. Somebody drew this up, but I don't think this is what Ezekiel saw. I think what Ezekiel saw was a lot more bones than this. He saw this valley. It was full of bones. And when you look at that verse, it said the Lord set him right in the midst of that valley that was full of bones. And he caused Ezekiel to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many bones, very many in the open valley, and they were very dry. So you can imagine Ezekiel, the Lord sending him in the midst of... Anyone here ever seen human bones? You have? We got one person there. That's not like a common thing that you see, right? It's like, I don't, I can't, I don't even know if I've ever seen human bones other than maybe in a museum. I don't know if you even know if those were real, you know? But I don't know if I've really seen... I've never seen them out just on a, in a valley or in a, any place just laying around. I've not seen bones, but, uh, you know, you see, you've seen those movies. They come across someplace, and there's a bunch of bones, and everyone's scared, right? They see skeleton, and they scream. Scary. Right? And so he shows Ezekiel all around this valley, all around. And he sees this valley. It was full of bones, and they were very dry. That means they had been there for a long time. They had been there for a very long time. In that next verse, the Lord asked Ezekiel a question. And what do we know about questions? If the Lord asks you a question, who needs to know the answer? It's you that needs to know the answer. He doesn't need to know the answer. He's not asking you so that you can enlighten him. He already knows the answer. So he asked Ezekiel a question. He said, son of man, can these bones live? Now, what would you think if the Lord asked you, can these bones live? I think I, li I really like Ezekiel's answer here. He said, uh, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. You know, God, I don't know if they can live. I'm kind of doubting whether they can live, but... But you know, you know, with God, all things are possible. And I'm saying, you know, it's not looking very hopeful right now. It's not looking very good. There's no organs left. There's no 
nothing, no marrow. I mean, these bones are dry, not much left. And so, um, verse 4 says, Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That must have been quite a sight to have these bones just laying there and he's talking to the bones. Anybody done that before? I, you know, I, <laughs> I talk to little babies, you know. Like sometimes I'll talk to them like I'm having a conversation with an adult. It's fun. Um, I have pretended and talked to stuffed animals, but I've never talked to any bones before. And the Lord tells Ezekiel to prophesy to these bones. And so when the Lord tells you to do something, my suggestion is that you do it. It's probably a good idea if the Lord says to do it, that you should do it. So verse 5 says, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Isn't that pretty awesome? He's going to cause breath to enter into bones. You might be dry, but God's going to cause breath to enter into you, and you, you're going to live. Well, there's a couple things that have to take place before the breath can enter in, right? I'm not sure if anybody can breathe without lungs, right? Anyone ever tried doing that? They say you could survive with one lung, right? But with, without both of them, I'm not sure anyone here would survive. And so there was no lungs there laying in this valley of dry bones. And so he said, this was a prophecy. He said, I'm going to cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Verse 6 says, and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. I'm fascinated with that phrase you shall know that I am the Lord. Because I think that there are some things that uh, we go through. Uh, that phrase is all throughout the, the plagues uh, in Egypt, right? I'm going to bring this plague upon the Egyptians. They shall know that I am the Lord. And they shall know that I am the Lord. And I want to know that he's the Lord without having to go through all the plagues. And I want to know that he's the Lord without having to die and experience all these terrible things. But sometimes as a result of going through a very dry, you ever been through a dry time? You feel that dryness and you're going through that desert, that you're going through that trial, you're going through that tribulation. And sometimes you have to go through those things because what's coming at the end, God said, here's the end of it all. I'm going to put marrow in your bones. I'm going to put sinews. I'm going to put flesh. I'm going to put skin on you. Then I'm going to cause my breath to be in you, and you're going to know that I am the Lord. So I just love when I see those statements. We see this progression from these dry bones um, to a recognizable human being. Not just any human being, but one that knows that he is the Lord. Completely devastated, no life, no organs, no flesh, no blood. The only remains just this heap of dry bones. 
Seems hopeless. Seems like all hope is lost. No coming back from that but God. I read something in my Bible reading. It was yesterday or the day before, and there was a phrase that popped out to me, and I wrote that phrase down, and I thought I was going to preach to you about it today, but I didn't. Um, so I was just so excited because it just really got me thinking about this. I was talking to Ray Ray about this yesterday, and I was saying, you know, Ray Ray, this is something that's so awesome about our God. You could live a terrible life. You could have done terrible things. You could have been uh, a murderer and, uh, you know, like a Hitler and killed many thousands of people and done terrible, awful things. And the day that you make a decision, you can wake up in the morning and say, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to live for the enemy anymore. I want to be changed. We can choose the good man. We can choose him today. Our lives can be changed today. That gives me hope. And it doesn't matter if you just feel like you're just a pile of dry bones. So that's what's really exciting to me when I think about that. You know, when I was growing up, anyone ever experienced this? People come to you and say, I see that God has great things planned for you. And I thought, me? I don't know about me because I'm a rascal. You know what I'm saying? Anyone ever thought that way? People come up and they, oh, you know, I, I literally, I was at a, uh, I've been prophesied over in my life several times. I was at a Eagle Summit thing and down in Merced. I went by myself and, and I was at the, the conference and I had a motel room and I went to every session I could go to. I was really excited about it. And then they had a a thing the following day in the park, a service in the park, and I went to the service in the park, and I was standing there, and some stranger walked up to me, and he prophesied. And I thought, man, this guy seems a little kooky. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is literal or legit. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to find someone. Do you know this guy? Is this guy real? Is he, you know, I don't know who he was. He could have been a homeless guy for all I know. But he came to me, and he started prophesying to me. I have also been prophesied about, uh, in, uh, for example, uh, in Lodi, in Eli Hernandez, who now passed away from COVID. But he was prophesying, and he prophesied to me. And uh, he prophesied to my mom. He prophesied to my niece who was there. He prophesied to several of us. And, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical. I've been prophesied in my life. People have come to me and prophesied over me. I'm a little bit skeptical. But when those things, and if those things come to pass, then I will know that it was the word of the Lord. And this is what Ezekiel is saying. He goes, and you'll know right in that day that I am the Lord. So um, it's a good idea if the Lord tells you to do something that you do it. Um, Ezekiel 37, 7 said, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bones. I mean, all the right bones came together. You know? Isn't that pretty awesome? All the right bones came together, bone to his bones. Um... So, 
that began to happen, this shaking. And I could just imagine all these bones just coming together. Could you imagine Ezekiel's watching this? He's watching the, the opposite of um, deterioration take place, right? He's watching it in reverse order. Um, and so decay, that's the word I was looking for. Um, the bones came together bone to his bone. All the right bones, they came together. And verse 8 says, And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. So still, they were laying their bodies now, but no breath. Bodies. So this was some sight. And I thought about this. I looked up the word... Uh, the opposite of the word decay. What's the opposite of the word decay? And some of the antonyms for decay are improve, rehabilitation, develop, grow. So this decaying process in reverse took place right in front of Ezekiel's eyes. Isn't that pretty awesome? You see there's the bones all just about, and all of a sudden they start coming together. And all of a sudden, the sinews and the, the flesh and the skin comes together all right before his eyes. That's, that's, that's what God can do. Sin has a way of destroying you. Sin has a way of devastating you. I'm not going to say who it is, but somebody that I talked to recently, not anyone in here, but people, someone you might know, was asking me about a certain situation. And I said, I don't recommend this situation. And I said, you see that smile on your face? I said, I'd like that smile to stay on your face. I said, because in the future, sin has a way of devastating. And the pastor's number one job he has is damage control. People coming and saying, you know, when you said I probably shouldn't have done that, I probably shouldn't have done that. Now what do I do about it? How do I fix this mess? And so how many times, I mean, you want to say, you want to sometimes say, man, I wish you would have listened. Or, see, I told you so. <laughs> sometimes you want to do that, right? Um, but I, w what's that? You do it. You say, you say, see, I told you so. <laughs> you should have listened. You should have listened. Uh, you want to do that, right? And, um, so I told this individual, I said, man, I said, I don't recommend you doing this particular thing that you're talking about. They asked for advice. They asked for counsel. And I said, I don't recommend it. And I gave the reasons why. And so um, there's been other times when uh, this was very encouraging to me. This is, a, this is like awesome when this happens. When somebody in the church comes and they say, you know what, I, I have this situation. What do you think? And when the, sometimes when I say, I don't recommend it. And every once in a while, they'll listen. 
That is so exciting to me. There was one person when I said, I don't recommend this particular action. And when this particular person left my house, you could tell their head was down and they weren't happy with what I had to say. But they listened. And I seen the Lord bless them several years down the road. And they were thankful that they did listen that time. But then I've seen mostly people not listening. <laughs> Most of the time, people just do it their way. And they got, you know, some people got to learn the hard way. And it is not fun. It is not fun. But God can restore. You may have made some wrong decisions that put you in a place that you're dry. And spiritually, you're not alive. But God, he can do it. Lord, you know. I don't even know what verse I'm on. Verse 8. So verse 9, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So he speaks to Ezekiel again. The Lord speaks to him again and tells him to do that. And he did it. In verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up, right, upon their feet, an exceeding great army. There was a lot of people there. That little picture that Christy had um, brought up, I think there was a whole lot more bones than that, because if there's 206 bones in every human adult, and there was a huge army. That doesn't look like a very be, be very big army. So I think there was a whole lot more bones than that. I think there were so many bones everywhere. And all those bones came together. Everything began to happen. And the Lord put breath into them. So did I, did I say this, that it's a good idea to do as the Lord commands you? Did I already say that? Okay, so I'm saying it again. Uh, so that breath came in. There was an exceeding great army. These bones and these human people represented the whole house of Israel. So, you know, that's millions of people. So that's how many billions of bones? Like a lot more than what that picture is showing. I'm thankful that that artist was trying to give us an idea of what this valley of dry bones might have looked like, but... That doesn't really do it justice, that picture. Then said he unto me, verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost, and we are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them. So he, God is telling Ezekiel, these bones represent the house of Israel. They feel like they're lost. They, are, they feel like there is no hope. You can see it there in that verse. And so, <clears throat> thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. When will they know that he's the Lord? When what was prophesied 
comes to pass. At that day and at that time, you'll know that he is the Lord. And sometimes there's some things in God's word we're not really sure about. There's been prophecies that have been prophesied over this church and people in this church. And sometimes we're wondering about it and we uh, may have our doubts. And I think that maybe some people might give up completely. Um, But in that day when it comes to pass, you'll know that he is the Lord. That's the time. This is the goal to get to the place where you know that he is the Lord. Dry bones, hope lost, death dying. Has anybody ever been there? You know that sin is devastating. It destroys. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, but that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And there's an enemy of your soul, and he's interested in nothing more than stealing, killing, and destroying you. Do you see it there in John 10, 10? And when the thief comes, it's not good news. It's not going to be for your benefit. The enemy has stolen from us. The enemy has killed us. The enemy has destroyed us. But Jesus came that we might have life. And not just that, life more abundantly. And then Ezekiel 37, 14, it says, And shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. These past two Friday nights, I've been sitting at a table, and there's Danielle, and here's Michael, her husband, at Mule Creek Prison for the past two Friday nights, and we have been talking about tongues, the gift of tongues, and how the majority of Christianity is completely clueless in what it means, even many Pentecostals. And so I gave them a chart of the three different types of tongues and eight differentiating things between each of them. And you don't want to confuse the two that we mainly see in churches today. And so I begin, we were talking about that. And we began to talk about what is the evidence in Scripture that the Spirit of God has come into your life. How do you know that you have the Spirit of God in your life? How do you know? And so there was that guy by the name of Charles Parham around the year 1900 teaching at a Bible college to to the students, and it was getting close to Christmas break, and he said, you know what, guys? Let's take time, and I want to give you an assignment. I want you to study the Scriptures and find out what is the evidence that we know that the Spirit of God has come into our lives. And I showed this to Michael. Let's look at Acts chapter 8. Let's start at verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 13. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Verse 14. 
Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, verse 15, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. These were people that had heard preaching. These were people that believed. And the apostles came down to pray for them so that they would receive the Holy Ghost. So you mean they hadn't received it yet? What was the sign that they knew that they had received it? Let's read the next verse. Oh, Christy got ahead. She's already there. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. He, this is Scripture. Look at the parentheses. That's a parenthetical phrase that is added by the narrator of Scripture. That's our God. The narrator of Scripture said that he was fallen upon none of them. God, the, the one who breathes the, the word into Luke to write the book of Acts. He was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had been baptized. And there are a lot of churches say when you're baptized, it's simultaneous the infilling of the Spirit. That is not what the Scripture tells us. The Scripture doesn't put these two events at the same moment. The Scripture does not put these two events at the same time. So what is the sign if it's not accompanied essentially at baptism? It might accompany at baptism. What is the symbol? What is the sign? And so now let's look at Acts 19. So it's not baptism. You might have been baptized, but that's no guarantee you have received the Spirit. Acts 19, verse 1. Not a, not, sorry, Christy. Acts chapter 19. It came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, verse 2, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And there are churches that say, guess what? When you believe... That's when you receive the Holy Ghost. Well, then why would Paul ask this question to these believers? Why would he ask, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So it's not accompanied with baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not accompanied necessarily with believing. He asked the question, Paul did, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Verse 3. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We did get sidetracked with Michael. And we talked a little bit of time about Jesus' name, baptism. That was not this last Friday, the Friday before. This past Friday, I didn't get so sidetracked. We spent a lot of time talking about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Spirit of God is when His Spirit comes inside of you. And there's something that takes place. There's something that transpires. So here, uh, let me look here. Um, I was laying there in bed, and I, um, I was 
I had written all these notes out in my, when I do my Bible reading, I take notes. And I write these little notes out, and I'm writing them out, and I'll read, and I'll, I'll make a note there, and I'll read, and I'll make a note. And I had, um, Ray Ray asked me, he said, what are you going to preach? I said, I don't really know. He goes, you don't know? I said, I got several messages. I'm not really sure. And so I have to ask the Lord, and this is how I pray. I said, Lord, would you help me to know what is the, I'm just a messenger. Would you help me to know what is the message for your people? What is the message you would have me to bring to this church, to your people? Okay, and I go to sleep. And I wake up in the middle of the night, and this, this song is going through my mind. Um, this phrase, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. The song is going through my mind. <laughs> I'm like, did somebody just play this song? Is there somebody over here? Uh, so I said, Lord, <clears throat> I'm just wondering, God, would you help me to know what is the message that you would have me to bring to your people? I have these ideas. I have these things I've written down. Which one is the one that, and I went back to sleep, and I woke up to the song, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. And I said, God, um, I'm just wondering, Lord, is there anything that you would have me? I, I just really, I, I'm very concerned. I don't want to just preach my, teach my own things. I don't want to say my own words. I just want to make sure that I bring what you would have the people to hear. And I went back to sleep. And then I woke up to this song, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. I don't know how many times this took place. And so finally when I got up, I thought, okay, let's look. So maybe I should look at this Ezekiel passage. I have heard preaching on it, and I just, I said to myself, this is the last passage I would ever preach on. I would never ever teach on this passage. It's not interesting to me. I heard the guy preach it in Kansas, and I thought, this was not a very great message to me. I don't really appreciate the comparisons that he made. I don't like the analogies. And so I thought, okay, Lord, I didn't come up with this on my own. I didn't make this up, so maybe it's you. So I uh, looked up Ezekiel 37. And you know there is that song. And I had to look it up because there was only one line of the song going through my mind. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. But here's the song. It's sang by Elevation Worship. It says, Saturday was silent. Oh, do you have it? Oh, what are you guys laughing about? Saturday was silent. Surely it was through, but since when has impossible ever stopped you? Has impossible ever stopped God? Have you ever saw some things that you thought, no, it's impossible. That could never happen. Impossible has never stopped God. Friday's disappointment it's, is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. 
Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. I'm going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. I kept hearing that. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. It's going through my mind. I'm waking up. <clears throat> this is the sound of dry bones rattling. Why is that song in my mind? I don't even know any of the rest of the words. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. My God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha. If there's anything that he can't do, just ask the stone that was rolled at the tomb in the garden. What happens when God says to move? I feel him moving it now. I feel him moving it, doing it now. I feel him doing it now. Do it now. Do it now. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. Going to live again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. Going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. And that's what I woke up to I don't know how many times through the night. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to share something with you concerning this valley of dry bones. I'm going to have my daughters come up. So these dry bones represented the nation of Israel, the whole house of Israel, the Bible says. Jacob. Right? Jacob's name was changed to Israel. It's the house of Jacob also. So this whole thing represents the house of Jacob. It rep those dry bones, they were dead. They've been through some stuff, devastation. And they're saying, where is God? Have you ever wondered? And you just thought, I mean, these were supposed to be the people of God. They were supposed to be the ones, but they felt so dry and they felt so distant. You guys can start playing. And so I got to thinking about it. There's some dry bones that are rattling. There's some dry bones that are rattling. There's some things that are taking place in the spirit. There are things taking place in individuals' lives. Their hearts are being stirred. And we are living in a day and in a time when it looks like there's not much of it left. It looks like that there's not much of a chance left. And we've got to make a decision today. And there are lives that are being stirred. God is doing a work. He's the one who can do it. And there's some dry bones that are rattling. And I'm so amazed and I'm so surprised at some of the people who have walked away from God. And some of the people who maybe had an experience. And some of the people who had something in the past, something stirring in their hearts, something stirring in their lives. I hear the sound of dry bones rattling. There's a stirring that's taking place. And I'm like Ezekiel. God says, can these dry bones live again? I'm like, Lord, you know. I don't know, but he knows. And if you want me to be in a certain place to prophesy to some dead bones, then I'll be there and prophesy to some dead bones, to speak to some dead bones.
You see, because I think there is that sound of dry bones rattling. And I think God is getting ready. He did say, I I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We have all these scriptures that talk about this great outpouring when God's spirit comes inside of them. And so I'm wondering if we can sing this song.
earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Your breath in a 
worship him. He's worthy. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you are worthy today of praise. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. showed some stuff to Michael on Friday night. I was writing it down with a pen on the back of a paper. And he said, I just love our church. I'm so excited. He goes, you should be teaching this in the church, right? I said, well, you know, we do teach this not that often because we got to start with the foundation. And if somebody don't have the foundation, Nothing else matters. I said, what I'm teaching you is lesson six. We skipped all one, two, three, four, five. I said, so I'm teaching lesson one as much as I can because people have to get that foundation. But every once in a while, we got to hear about the difference it's going to make in your life when you receive his spirit. And we are to receive it. He's not going to force us to take it. That word receive, it's an action word. You taking and receiving. He won't make you receive it. He's pouring it out, but you're the one who has to receive it. And that's why he breathed on the apostle, the disciples, and he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's their commission. That's our commission. And sometimes we fight against it but I want to encourage you to receive the Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Psalm 47 and 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And I heard one preacher say it this way. He said, when you go to a performance, he was a performer. He was, did tap dancing. And they would clap. They would give a standing ovation. You know what that meant? Encore. He said, but the greatest performance was all, of all was, was what he did on Calvary. So when, we, when I... Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I think about what he's done for you and for me. And I just want to give my praises to him. I want to clap to him. I want to shout. Dance, the Bible even says in Psalm 150. He is the one who's worthy of praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to see everyone today. I'm going to have Brother Sharon uh, pray in closing today.